0: Here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV.
2: Welcome to this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm here with you. Bit of a crossover episode today with... uh, Rippy writes. Neil is out of town, so maybe something a little different tonight. We're recording uh, on a Wednesday evening. Ole Miss is actually playing Southern Miss in the middle innings right now, so that'll add a little unintentional comedy as this thing gets played out. Brian Rippy with me, Colin Brewster with me, and uh, you know, look, we don't know what's going to happen. We uh, we have a, well, we have a hunch what's probably going to happen here coming up soon in a uh, in a couple weeks, but. It hasn't yet. Ole Miss trying to to make a run tonight in Hattiesburg. You obviously know that score by the time you hear this on uh, on Thursday morning. But we uh, we needed a podcast that couldn't be overly time sensitive. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little draft tonight. We are going to um, we are going to draft Mike Bianco players. We're each going to build a team around Ole Miss players that uh, that Mike coached. See uh, see what you guys think, see who came up with the uh, the best one. So with a little bit – I've, I've talked so much today. I'm having a little bit of a hard time tonight. is ruining this podcast. Um, see what you guys think. Have a little fun with it. Again, plenty of time to dissect all the negatives, but we'll look at some positives tonight. A lot of players – Coming through the Ole Miss program, a lot of all SEC players, a lot of uh, a lot of All-Americans as uh, as well. So we'll draw some teams here over the next uh, however a little bit. I have no idea how long this will take. It can be really fast. It can take a while. I have not done one of these before. So we'll get to the rules in a minute. Before we do that, Brian, Colin, a good uh good evening, and Colin, if you need to like yell obscenities or anything, or if something starts going crazy, just have at it. We're we're not in control by the FCC, so you're good to go.
3: Good, good. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah the, the bases are currently loaded for Southern Miss, so the quicker Ole Miss to get out of this, might be better for uh, the the children listening,
2: or the concentration for you putting a team together. <laughs> also, very fair, Brian. You appear to be freshly showered. You're ready to go. I know you did some. Uh, you did some some prep this morning. I'm a little scared as you're getting going here.
4: Well, one. I just asked MC if my hair looked wet, and she said no. I was like, sick, this might be on camera, can't notice. So I'm glad I got good advice there. Um, Two, yeah, I did do some prep because I think I'm at the biggest disadvantage because you've covered most of these teams, and Colin has a memory that will be studied by scientists if they're looking into Ole Miss baseball in a while. And so I felt like I had to do the homework to uh, overcompensate the disadvantages.
3: Okay, so I'm not the only
2: person here that made a spreadsheet. You're definitely the only spreadsheet, probably. I've got like a couple pieces of paper, and I like—I made sure I didn't have any like egregious error. That was kind of my goal. Is well, I mean, whatever. It's all you know. I look because here's the in a, way, in a way, Colin actually is the favorite because I've got a little bit of heartstrings. There's guys I like who I just sort of whatever. Then there's some dudes to go. You know what? He's probably the best player, but I don't really want him on my team, or maybe I really want this guy on my team. So when I take Tim Ferguson third overall, it just is what it is, Colin. I'm okay. Look, we're gonna we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it a deal. Fair enough. I can, I can tell you he's
3: not on my spreadsheet, so I can I can confirm that.
4: Where As I started looking, it took me 30 minutes to say, this is the research I did, I have a bunch of illegible notes down, but it took me 35 minutes to figure out, damn, did they change hitting coaches in 2010? What's the deal with the home run numbers dropping off? And it took me a good half an hour to figure out the bats changed. it <laughs> be core, cool, baby. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I finally had to look it off, and I was like, oh, that's right. Um, because no one like almost had like a 2012 team, or I can't remember it 12 or 13, where like no one hit more than five in home runs and they finished 500 in conference plate. I'm sitting there thinking, How does this make any sense?
2: So, here's what we're gonna do here's the rules for this thing we are, uh, we're each gonna draft 15 players, uh, 10 position players. You do have to put a lineup out there, you can't just take all first baseman or all shortstop in this thing. Um, four starting pitchers, so the three weekend pitchers, then we'll give you a midweek as well, and then one relief pitcher. Whenever uh, you would like to uh, to do that, we're gonna do a snake draft. Um, I'm actually going to pull up like a random generator to see who picks first and let it let it go from there. I'll be in the little generator. I'll be one. Brian will be two. Colin will be three. So I'm getting that up right now to get a draft order. So and it really doesn't matter that much because again, one and three will get two two consecutive picks, being a snake draft, and then two will pick in the middle every uh, every time. So. Any, uh, any questions about that before we get started? Anybody? No.
3: I, th- I okay. think we're good.
2: Okay. We've all done 7,000 fantasy drafts. I feel like we're, we're yeah. pretty, uh, pretty okay here.
4: We're getting them on their career, right? Like, I couldn't go, like, 07 Will Klein or something like that. Not that that's a great example.
2: But You're like going on their career – Okay. But it has to be a Mike coach team. That's the other rule. I'm okay. actually glad you said that. So, like, Bernie Hutchinson, you couldn't count his first two seasons or his whatever it is. Like, okay. you would only get the Mike Bianco seasons of Bernie Hutchinson for that. I have a – I was like, how does a guy happen, like
4: – But I'll cross Don Kessinger off the list. I can't take okay. it.
3: <laughs> how does a guy like Henry Lartigue play? Like, Like, because he has the one really, really good year but didn't play the two years.
2: I think you can max out their careers. Like, I don't think okay. we have to go like I, I do think we're playing for one season of prime, whatever their ability is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the easiest thing here. Like, I, I think that this thing would be way too long and we'd get down to the minutiae if we try to really figure out, okay, well, this guy only gives you one year, but he's there three Yeah, let's not, let's not, let's not overcomplicate this thing. So okay. whatever their their prime is, I'll let you uh, I'll let you have that. I've uh I've got it up, I've hit the button. Um I have got the first pick. Brian has got the second pick. Colin has – I'm sorry. Colin has the second pick. Brian has the third pick in this thing. Right. That's how we're doing it. So, that is how we will uh, will get started here. And um, the one thing that I don't know, I'll let you guys kind of tell me here. When we name the player, do you want to have to declare a position for them?
3: Oh, that's – yeah, I think that's fair because otherwise – Because we like, have to
2: know where the other people are going, correct? Yeah, okay.
3: because I could have to, like, put Brian Pettway at third base or something.
2: Well, that's a good point. Okay, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll do that. Um, I'm going to not overcomplicate this thing with the first pick. I'm going to choose Stephen Head and put him at first base. All right. Well, I'm going to go Doug and put him on the pitcher's mound. Oh wow, going Doug number two overall. Did you have that no matter what? Did was he, he he was
3: the first? Yeah, guy won? Pr- pr- pretty much. Um, I debated. I was going to pick a pitcher if if Doug or Palm were available, and and. I'm, I'm in the camp that Doug was the best pitcher in the Bianco era, so that's just kind of what I went with.
2: Real quick on that, why do you think so? What, what, that's a pretty strong um, argument. What, what's, what's going there for you? Okay, so so maybe
3: I'm, maybe I'm weird, and, and I'll readily admit 2008 to 2010 when I'm like a junior and through a senior in high school. Uh, I didn't follow Ole Miss baseball probably as closely as I did the past 10 years. But I didn't have the overwhelming feeling that Ole Miss was going to win the baseball game every single time Drew pitched for three years like I did with Doug. Um, and statistically, it's kind of a wash, right, because of the, the bats. and You can't really, you know, um, tie in the two different things. But, but I just – every time Doug McKenzie took, ba- took the ball in the start, I thought Ole Miss was going to win. And, and I wouldn't actually – look, he was over, I think, his last 31 starts, he was 26-5. and five. Um, as far as Ole wow. Miss winning the game, not his win-loss record. So, 26-5 and five for Ole Miss when he pitched in his last 31 starts. And I, it just – it feels like – it felt like uh, Ole Miss was more destined to win when he took the ball than I guess maybe Drew did. That's pretty
2: incredible, actually. Okay. I, I was not aware of that. Go, Go ahead. I was just curious. Brian, you uh, you get two here?
4: Okay. So, I had the third pick. I was I don't know why I thought I had the second. I was wondering – I screwed
2: I... up. I said the wrong name, and then I had to correct myself.
4: Okay, I didn't know if Colin and I made a trade. I was wondering if I got confidence <laughs> back for that. I'll, uh, I'll go Palmerant since he took Doug, and I will put him at pitcher. <laughs> and then, where do I want to go next? I guess I'll go Brian Petway. Can I put him at third base? Um. I don't have a problem
2: with it. I think one of those deals. It's probably like as long as like as long as we're not trying to put Mark Wright at shortstop or something. Like if we can make the argument that the position in some sense makes sense. Because look, frankly, we ought to do that. Because I mean, if 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 we know nothing else from Mike, he takes infielders and moves them all over the place, and outfielders sure. are actually infielders. I mean, so it, you know what? Sure, why not? I'll I'll I'll, I'll be uh, benevolent here. Give that to you, Brian.
4: I won't. Uh, no, I won't screw up the. I won't throw a turn. No, you're good. First pick. Can I? I'll put him in the outfield. I might actually have another pick for third base later. Okay. So you want to put him in the outfield? Yeah, I'll go outfield. <laughs> okay.
3: Colin, you're up. So, so this one's a little weird, um, but it's it's mainly that I don't think Ole Miss has a long lineage at this position. I went kind of back through it over the Bianco tenure. I'm going Yarbrough at second. Um, okay. Just because I don't think like this, if you look at all these positions that I kind of thought of, the second base position kind of feels like the least uh, star-studded position of the group.
2: It it was. I kind of looked through the same thing, and Yarbrough that 2000, maybe it was 12 season. You can probably you might have it up or whatever. Yeah. Not only did he hit 350, but he hit 350 from both sides. He was a switch hitter who went like 351 from the right side and 349 from the left side. Yeah, that's yeah he.
3: And and he kind of carried that lineup at times. It was like him and Snyder, and and that was pretty much it. Besides Tanner Mathis leading off, it was uh that was not a great hitting team. And and I mean that offense almost got them through the what was it the Fort Worth regional or no, yeah, that twelve?
2: Were, yeah, it's twelve was TC was TC. Yeah, no, no, it was in College Station. They played TC. Yeah.
3: Yes. So so um no, just just because of like lack of resources, I'm going. To, I'm going to go Yarbrough there.
2: I don't actually hate that. I'm 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 pretty okay with that because there are a couple positions where it gets a little weird. Um, so I have no uh, no no problems there at all. Doug is off the list. Palm is off the list. Yarbrough is off the list, and Petway is off the list. Just kind of a little bit of a recap. So just to get a couple guys out of the way, I'm going to um, I'm going to do a double dip on uh, on pitcher right here. And I am going to grab Bobby Wall and Scott Biddle. Oh wait, wait. Where are we put? Are we putting Biddle in the bullpen, or what are we doing? There? No, I am. Uh, I am starting Scott Biddle.
3: Starting? Yeah, I would start
2: Scott Biddle. Too. <laughs> yes, I am doing the 2009 version of Scott Biddle pre-injury is what I'm doing with him. <laughs> and I'm doing Bobby Wall, who was undefeated his junior year on a bad baseball team.
3: Yeah, our, my favorite Bobby Law thing was the uh, him like blaming himself when they lost a one to zero baseball
2: game. Well, Mike yeah. would typically blame him when they lost a one zero baseball game. He'd go, you know what? If we just pitched a little better, then I'm like, okay, Mike, hold on a minute. Um, I I, I I I get it, but no, that's not actually the problem. He he was really bad about that during that era. He would they would seriously get beat three to two, and he go, well, you know, sometimes you just have to make that extra pitch. It's like um, or extra hit. Or you can score. Maybe. Yeah, something along those lines. So yes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get that out of the way. I there are kind of some obvious I mean there's a lot of starting pitchers, obviously, but I do feel like there's some obvious ones at the top. So I kind of wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way a little bit right there.
3: Yeah, yeah. Those uh what let's so say it's like Doug, palm, wall, and Biddle, That's 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 probably easily the uh top four on this guy in the Bianco tenure as far as starters go.
2: So you are back up with a uh with another pick. Um, all
3: right. Um I'm just going to go Cozart here to keep it simplistic. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cozart. Just, I mean, he. I think he's obviously the best shortstop in the 21-year tenure. It's uh, that was pretty
2: simple for me. Okay, that is a deep position, though. Is the only thing there. Yeah, it to is on when to take that because of because of that position.
4: Brian, you get two now. Hmm. I'll go. Cody Overbeck and put him at third? Is that a dumb pick? Nope, that's all. You're more than fine to do that. Okay. I mean, I was like, so he had 1,049 OPS in 08. (laughs) I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was that good. Um, I'll keep it in the – I've got an outfielder and a third baseman. Hmm. Can I go – I'm going to go Sykes Orvis just because I need that sort of personality on the team. Pretty good hitter. You can stick him at first base. You need a good mustache. You need a walrus looking guy out there as well.
2: Okay, Sykes Orvis at first base for Brian. So a little bit of recap now. Brian has Sykes at first, Overbeck at third, Petway and right, or in the outfield. Sorry, I was in that spot. And then Drew Pomeranz on the uh, on the bump. Colin with the next pick. And so far, he's got Yarbrough, Kozart, and Nokazy. Um,
3: Gunner. Gunner's my next one. I'm just going to recreate the 2021 baseball team. Um, I guess we're going to be good on the mound, at least.
2: In a way, is that your favorite baseball team? Um,
3: no. You, you want to know what's funny? That my favorite baseball team was the 2018 team, but but it's just hard to say. That, that went a much. little
2: sideways a little bit on you. Yeah yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, like on in like one day. Um, but no, I I really enjoyed the the kids that came in and then. Have being awful in 17 and then really playing well in 18 um but yeah 21 is probably second
4: so we're gonna wild card in there not the you chase did you yeah, the 16 team as much as i did they weren't supposed to be that good and they were kind of a fun group like they weren't i, d- I don't remember anyone just being terrible to talk to that was like uh I think that was the year Kyle Watson told us he wasn't, he didn't have any weaknesses, he didn't need to work on anything. Oh you had Woodman, um, like Lartigue and Fortez were always fun to talk to. That was just kind of a fun team, wasn't it? A, was Bramlett was in that rotation as well?
2: Yeah, Bramlett was actually the ace in sixteen. It was yeah. uh, it was Bramlett, Parkinson, and somebody else.
3: I do remember vividly thinking, Ole Miss, it sitting in Hoover, Alabama, and thinking Ole Miss might be a national seed with Brady Bramlett as their Friday night guy.
4: They should have been. They beat LSU on every metric for that, other than having purple and gold uniforms.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. And- it was a team that I liked, but I will be honest, that was in the middle of uh, – we adopted Carly Ann in March of that year, so I was incredibly distracted that baseball season. <laughs> so I was not as in tune during that as some, uh, some other years. That is like – if you told me to, like, predict things, that would be, like, the one year – where like, remember things? That would be the one year I went, I have no idea. I don't remember anything from that period of time at that point. <laughs> So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, – I'm going to grab a couple guys. And Here's what's funny about this. So, of all things, outfield is not necessarily weak, but I feel like there's some obvious ones, and they get into a little bit of a weird spot for that point. So, what I'm going to do here is um, I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to take Seth Smith in the outfield. Hit 400 as a freshman. Obviously uh had a pretty good career. And then for the second pick, I am going to take um I'm gonna take Stuart Turner behind the plate. Oh, okay. Hmm. Stewart, his one year he wins the Johnny Bench Award um, thrower and hitter. A guy comes out of LSU, Eunice, and it, the, the scouting report was, yeah, hey, he's going to be a great catch-and-throw guy. He's going to receive it. He's going to block it up. But he is um, not going to uh, – He's not going to hit, and then he ends up absolutely hitting at that point uh, for Stuart Turner. So I think – I get there's other options. I get that catcher is a very rich position, so I could have waited a little while. But I do believe he has had the best one season, and they might be in good behind the plate.
4: Are you surprised he never got up? When I was in Cincinnati, he was still at the tail end of kind of his 4A experience, and their whole deal was that he couldn't hit. Was that one that surprised you? I was younger back then, but I remember I thought he was kind of a sure thing.
3: He actually did get up for like five or six games randomly.
2: He was a. I did not think like two years. I did not. I thought he was going to. I didn't think his hitting was going to matter. I thought he was going to be that guy that was a defensive catcher in the big leagues for eight to ten years. That's what I thought. I thought they just wouldn't even care about his offense, and it just didn't translate. He had a couple injuries, and it just sort of flamed out at that point. Oh, is it me next? It is you next. All right, I'm
3: gonna. I've I've had this inner debate. Um between what I'm going to do at third base, because I had two guys, um, Keenan and Coglin, We all and, have those,
2: Colin. Yeah, that's, that's good.
3: <laughs> I think I'm going to go Keenan. I, I, okay. I, yeah, I think I'm, think I'm going to go Keenan at third base
2: next. Okay. What is your argument on Tyler Keenan over Chris Coglin?
3: Um, Better offensive statistics with a deader bat. Okay. But, but, but Chris – Coughlin's defense was so, 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 so much better. Um, But, yeah, I I, I think Keenan's offense. And, like, Keenan walked onto campus hitting. Um, I'm not even sure Cog started in 04. I'm not 100. I can't remember that far that well. But Keenan started day one and never really came off the field for his three years at Ole Miss.
2: From a consistency standpoint, Tyler Keenan put up one of the better three years of anybody I've ever covered, and maybe in Mike's error, just from a straight, just offensively day after yeah. day after day after day.
3: Yeah, I mean, he was he was really good as a freshman and really good during the COVID year. So um he never had he never had a slump at all. It never felt like
4: Brian, you get two picks now. Hmm. Lance Lynn's still out there, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, yes. Okay. I'll take Lynn as a pitcher. Hmm. I thought about doubling up on pitchers here. For the sake of the debate, I'll throw it out there for this draft. Not that I would sway me one way. Would you have taken Ole Miss career-wise Ellis or Rollison? Because I was leaning Chris Ellis.
2: Mm -hmm. I personally – I don't have Ellis necessarily on my list. So, I mean, if you're grabbing him here, it's not like I'm persuading you either way. I think Ellis – Frankly, I know his first two years were bad, but that one season in 14, doing what he did on the Friday night for the team that went the the farthest, that's better than anything Rollison ever put up at Ole Miss. Rolison is the the guy who is uber talented, but when you really look at all of his stuff, he just didn't necessarily do a
4: ton. Yeah. His best year was as the Sunday guy in – was that 17 or 18? Yeah, 17. 17. Um. Yeah, that was kind of his – I thought his – I'd say best year, probably his most valuable year. Um, Yeah, I guess I'll do it. I'll just double up and knock out the pitchers. So that puts me at Pomerantz, Lynn, and Ellis as Mm -hmm. my three rotation guys.
2: So right now, from a pitcher standpoint, just to update people, Brian, yeah, has Drew, Lance, and Chris Ellis. Colin has Nikhazy and Gunnar Hoagland. And I have Scott Biddle and Bobby Wall right now from a uh, pitcher standpoint. And, Colin, you're next up.
3: Uh, Austin Bosfield. because I don't have an outfielder yet, and and for my money, maybe the best outfielder under Mike. When you consider his defense and and his ability to hit the baseball,
2: I think so. Yeah, he wins the Ferris Award. He's an All American in fourteen. Uh, I think that's I think that's very very fair. He he was the best pure hitter on a really offensive lineup in fourteen.
3: Yeah, 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 and the, man, he was. He was, he was special in center, too.
4: That uh, that was where I was going had I not doubled up on pitcher for the record. And then he was the UVA Omaha catch, was it not? Yes. Have they had one made like that since? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it,
2: it, I, I'm not even really being a jerk here, but for the most part, how many true outfielders have they even had since then?
4: It's just yeah. a bunch of hitters and then like future infielder shortstops in center, hasn't it felt like that other than like Woodman?
2: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think that's exactly right. Um, okay, I'm trying to see where I need to go real quick on this one. Give me one second. I know it's bad pod, but it's a draft. So people are expecting this to take a second. I don't think that's a uh, a terrible uh, a terrible thing. Um, speaking of, I'm going to go JB Woodman here. Going to and grab him for another outfielder. I think when you can get a, a true outfielder. And, it, and this is one of those deals too where I don't know where I'm going next. And I may not worry about this. But you know, it's are you putting together an offensive lineup that plays certain positions? Do I do I need a center fielder with the next pick, or does it even freaking matter? You just put three masters out there and let it be what it is. I don't know. We'll see what goes on in a minute. But it's kind of what I have in my thought process as I'm running through this at the moment. Um I'm going to jump in now and uh Gonna get back around to me. Here it has.
4: One quick second. I want to check one stat for a second. While you're filling that, I can fill the airtime. Did y'all hear the announcers during this game talk about how Ole Miss is yet to buy into the shift? I saw your tweet about it, but that was an actual talking point. It was, and the guys were like, you know, I appreciated his perspective. He's a baseball purist. I'm like, that's like my buddy in high school whose dad, like, refused to get a phone so he'd turn it off and put it in his desk drawer and never take it anywhere. It's defeated the purpose of a phone. Like, (laughs) landlines are fine.
2: So what I'm going to do now is, uh, because I think Colin was right earlier, I think the position is a little weak. So I'm going to go second base here, and I'm going to go back to the day. This is one where I do kind of have an advantage on Brian a little bit. I'm going to put Chad Sturbins at second base.
3: That was my second guy, yeah.
2: Chad Sturbins in 2002 hits 395 in league play, has a hit in 29 straight league games. They're in Starkville to close the season. He gets a hit late in the game to be maybe the first person to ever get it in all 30, or like since Dave Magadan or something. And um, state rules in an error. But, as if that
3: 2002 Ole Miss team wasn't going through enough at that point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always heard that story. I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, but I've always been told that. But you look at Sturban's year, and again, I get different bats. I understand all that. But and and, and he was not a. I mean, he was he was a. He, you know, he was a line drive hitter. He was not a power hitter at all. But 395 in league play for a second baseman in this set of second basemen, I'll take that all day and I'll go on with it. Yeah.
4: I was yeah, seven. Was- you could have told me he sold insurance in town and I would have saved you. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> I remember – so I'm pretty sure that team is the one that just, like, fell off
2: the earth. Um, so that team – yeah, a couple things about that team. Um, one is Mike got a raise midseason. season. They gave the head baseball coach a raise while the year was going on. He he, he gets hired in June of 2000 for $75,000. And in the middle of the O2 season, they're on a roll. They, I think, get up to, like, number six in the country, number four in the country. They beat Alabama, uh, two out of three, who was, like, top five, top six. And at that moment, they give him a raise to 150. They double his pay. And from that point, they lose uh, – 10 of 12 SEC games to close the season, finish 14 and 16, miss Hoover, and miss the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. They I go to Starkville having to win one game to get in, and State had to sweep Ole Miss to get in, and, and State swept Ole Miss.
3: And and I'm looking at it here. None of the games were competitive. I bet the message board was pissed. Um,
4: uh, wait, a couple questions there. One – can you imagine if Ross Bjork had gotten wind of a midseason race, how ridiculous Mike's contract would be today? <laughs> Two. Um, how did they missed Hoover at 14 and 16? Well, back then they only took the top eight.
2: Yeah, oh, that's right. Okay. I didn't and think see that. and see the problem back then too was it was like a stigma that if you missed Hoover, you didn't make the tournament no matter what your situation was. Well, unless Larry Templeton was your idea. Well, you know, look again, go back, look at the uh, the 06 state team. I mentioned I mentioned it on the podcast the other day. They went twelve and whatever and made the NCAA tournament.
4: Oh, that was funny, um, Colin. That spreadsheet you sent me. There was a state team, or maybe it was Alabama, that was sixteen and fourteen and missed. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, no, 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 no. They were. They had sixteen wins after the tournament.
4: Okay. Um, okay. So
3: that team actually, uh, they had fourteen uh, regular season, and then they beat Auburn and like a. Uh, essentially, the mayor's trophy game that almost plays, and they won a game in Hoover. Um, but you have a 61 RPI, you get what you get. Let's see. I need a, another outfielder. Good God. Uh, Logan Power. I'm going to go Logan Power.
2: Uh, I
3: think he's the next best available outfielder.
2: I think. He is tied for the Ole Miss RBI lead unless, for his career, unless that has since been broken in the last couple of years, I don't think. It.
3: Also laid down a killer bunt in game three of the uh, 09 Super Regional.
2: The day after he hit a home run. In the same Yeah, situation. well, that's just that's small facts. Okay. you definitely going to cover some ground. you got Boz and Logan Power in your outfield so far. That's could, could, so what I was going to ask you. Could Power really run? Because I don't. Uh, things
3: weren't televised back then so he I don't couldn't
2: really... run necessarily but he got great jumps okay he was maybe the best jump guy of anybody in in in, the, in, in mike's era from just even off the bat because he he has i mean I, I know this from playing golf with him he has incredible depth perception like his eyesight okay. is unreal so as soon as it left he was getting to a certain spot okay okay that yeah. makes and he started all four years is that right he played a lot. If he did not, it, he, he definitely was a significant person. Cause I mean, you kind of have to be to have the RBI record. I mean, you got to play four years <laughs> and you got to be in there a good bit for that point. He, <laughs> he is tied with, I think, Matt Smith for the career RBI record. Ooh, another one. That yeah. I forgot about.
4: So Brian, you get two. Yeah. My outfield is going to be in trouble. Um, I'm going to have to put like Jordan Henry and Josh Hall or something out there for the rules a little bit. Um, I'll go Video and put him at second base. I was gonna spark a debate of should I put him at shortstop because is he the best shortstop of the last like eight, nine years Ole Miss has had that they never got to see. But you just mentioned that second base is a weaker position. He played second base for that had to be at least a year, right? So yeah, he's
2: yeah, you're good there. Uh yeah, he
4: played he played second base. So I'm gonna keep him at second just because I can't think of any other second baseman. Um Honorable mention Tate Blackman. Honorable mention Preston Overby, but uh, it wasn't that close.
2: Tate Blackman actually had an all-SEC season. He
3: did, but at no point when a ground ball was hit there did I feel comfortable.
2: That's fair. That's that's fair.
4: You get one more, Ruby? Okay, yeah, I get one more, and I guess I'm going to have to go in the outfield, but this is just going to be – I don't know how much defense I'm gonna to need to trade off because you took JB Woodman, right? Woodman is off the board. I did. I mean, just for the sake of like how off the rails do I have to be and how bad is my memory past like 2012 to stick a Linux as the outfielder?
3: Well, Golson exists.
4: Okay, I'll throw Golson in there. I guess, but he never. So he played all those positions, and he never really predominated Was he ever on a team where he was the predominant center fielder? That's kind of what I had in my mind. But I guess he could have.
2: I still need another one here, but y'all have really surprised me with a couple outfielders you pass over. I'm a little shocked, but Will Golson works. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Will and through. here's the deal too with Will Golson. You know, when you get done when you look at your entire thing, you can play Put him anywhere. So <laughs> oh, it's it's God. all good. My favorite
3: Will Goldson thing was that he started at every position except catcher and the position he was recruited to play. Oh, that's a good stat. That's
4: <laughs> a really a good
3: stat. Never played it. Yeah,
4: I did a story good. about that his last year, and Mike got really irritated that I asked that. Mike <laughs> super super chapped. So go ahead, uh, Colin. You're up again. Uh, all right.
3: We're gonna we're gonna round out the pitching staff here. Um. Mark Holloman. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put Mark Holliman on Sunday.
2: That's a pretty damn good Sunday, and it's gonna be all right. Yeah, that. we'll get an out or two. You're gonna get some stuff done right there. I think at that at that at that spot. This is the spot that we're pitching start getting starts getting a little weird. Um, yeah, it, it starts. You, you start having to reach a little bit. So looking at my needs here at this point. Um, I think I've got to, even though it's a lot of a lot of potential names. I think I have to jump into uh, jump into shortstop right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab Greg Kessinger at shortstop, okay. Right here, I think that Kessinger is better than Gonzalez all the way around. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, jump, I'm gonna jump in there now. Obviously, we haven't seen Gonzo's third year, so it's not overly fair. But with what I have to do for my sample size, I think that's probably where it's at. Um, And then we are going to – I'm going to do my one probably a little sentimental favorite, but I can't help it because I want him on my baseball team. I'm going to go Christian Shrimp. Okay. He is my uh, – from a pitching standpoint – well, actually, overall, he is one of my two favorite players to cover in my 17 years. Who's the second uh, Matt Smith. I love Matt Smith. Matt Smith is the guy that saved me that day when I was going to fall in the mud. They were uh, when the stadium was being um, renovated, they were practicing at Oxford High School and it was raining and outside like their indoor or whatever. They had a bunch of um, they had them their mounds set up like in the bullpen there to get the pitching work done. And when I went to hop out from the indoor onto the mound, it was slick mud. I hit it and go straight up in the air, like back about to splat, <laughs> and Matt Smith catches me in midair and sets me down where I don't get any mud on me. Wow. He literally what a grabbed me out of the air and, and kept me from looking like a pig hitting the slop. My favorite Matt Smith moment
3: is not the one, like, people probably think of. It was, like, me being 13 years old in Hoover, Alabama, and watching him and maybe, like, the Vanderbilt right fielder yell at each other.
2: It was Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he those, tried to fight the first base stuff. coach there at one point. Uh, because look, it was escalating pretty good. Vanderbilt Noel Miss and Hoover was always getting chippy at that point. Matt hit a home run and then tipped his hat at the dugout. <laughs> so look, I mean, at that point, go ahead and get ready. It's about to escalate. That is that that is what's coming. Those teams uh, hated each other. Yeah, it, it was it was quite chippy. I think that was the uh I think, yeah, I think that was 08 because I want to say that was um the year after Vanderbilt had won the first game of the day, like 11 or 10 to nothing, yep. and they played the night. They played double headers two years in a row.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So,
4: that now, too, that would be fairly mild compared to some of the stuff you see with Tennessee on a weekly and a week out basis, and just the general chirping, bat flipping has gotten a little more excessive. Um, but like the tip of the hat, that would be kind of mild nowadays, wouldn't it? But back then, I guess it would have just started a full on brawl.
2: Well, but at the dugout. He's running to first base. Vanderbilt's in the first base dugout, and he looks at them and tips his hat at them.
4: Okay, that's fair, but we had a coach throw a baseball bat back at another dugout like a javelin. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That game was also – It was a simpler time, Ricky. okay? It was
3: a simpler time. I've never seen a ball hit farther. I know everybody talks about the Kit Mathis home run, but some cat named De La Osa from Vanderbilt hit a ball about 600 feet off. I think it was Biddle. Um, that's the farthest ball I've ever seen hit. That, that lineup is, that was really
2: good. Yeah, Dominic De La yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was the 07, and we'll get on with it in a second. I mean, again, if you're hanging with us through this, you're just kind of you, – you have to like us or be obsessed with baseball. Um, In 07, the first game against Vanderbilt on that Saturday, David Macias was the leadoff guy for Vanderbilt, and he hits the first pitch of the game 500 feet foul. I mean, it was fouled by like 10 feet. And then the very next pitch, he hits 500 feet, Fair, just down the line. And we're like, oh, shit, this is not going to go well. And at the time, I was working um, I was working for, for Chuck at the Spirit at the time. And Dan Wykey, who now covers the Clippers out in L.A., he or the Lakers, he had the job I have now. And he got called and cussed out later in the day from somebody at Rivals because Ole Miss got beat 10 to nothing. And his buck bitch was pitching for Ole Miss. And his headline was, what the buck?
4: <laughs> oh, I love that.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, it yeah, he, he, he carried a butt shoe in from somebody later in the day because I was sitting beside him.
4: I've got another random home run that probably no one will remember and that'll really drive the listeners away, but I don't care. I'll do it anyway. Former roommate of mine's little brother, uh, Jason Barber, midweek game against Memphis. Does anyone happen to remember this? He gets in for one of the first times of the year and one of the dudes hit one off the top of the scoreboard. There was no one in attendance that night, but that ball probably could have gone 600 feet.
2: I, I vaguely remember that. And the thing is, like, you know, the, those couple of balls were hit a few weeks ago with all the big numbers. Aldermans obviously was going to go a really long way. I mean, it was crushed. The wind was blowing so hard, though, that I am kind of like PEDing those balls the other day. That wasn't quite what we remember from some other times. Um, Pedro Alvarez hit one up against the fence just to the right of the batter's eye up on that hill. Yeah. Yeah. Mathis's was a
3: bomb too. And that was like back in '9. I think it was off Buckfish. doing it. was like off Buckfitch. Yeah. Yeah. When you can't see you couldn't see games. I don't know if Rebel Vision was a thing yet. Um, that ball, like I've never seen a ball that when he hit it, you just knew that the left fielder didn't have to move anymore. Mm-hmm. That, that thing was it was in the pine trees, if I remember right.
2: Is it are you up? Am I up? Yeah, you're team. up. I, I've got nine players. Okay. And you have eight. One,
3: two, All right. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get us a catcher here. We're gonna go Nick Fortez. Okay. We're gonna go Nick Fortez. And, and say I, well, I guess I could have put Fortez in a lot of different spots. You could. Um actually, no. We're gonna get Nick Fortez and put him in right field like Mike did in Starkville one day. Ooh. And, and we're going to – and we're, we'll get another – we'll get somebody else to catch. Um, But I need his bat in my lineup.
2: Okay. You also could have put him at first base.
3: That's true. That's true. I do need a first baseman. But I have an idea of where I'm going for that.
4: Okay. Brian, two picks. I'm just going to say to hell with this defense thing in the outfield and do Mark Wright.
2: <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> you have Golson in the center. What's your problem? You're good. Yeah, I'm gonna tell him to catch everything because he's I, gonna
2: have to with Petway and Wright out there. I was about to say he's yeah.
4: to Petway and Wright. Um, yeah, that would be like Golson kill Baker, kill Baker. Um, all right, let's go, uh, Will Allen and catcher. Okay, I like that.
2: He um, won the SEC batting title in the regular season in 2014, finishing one point ahead of AJ Reed of Kentucky. That's your Will Allen fun fact for the day. He was pretty good. You're sacrificing a little defense, but you got a hell of an offensive player there, Will Allen.
4: Yeah, the I mean, I don't know. It was like that Cooper Johnson area. I'll take the offense. I mean, look at this team; they don't feel it well, and they have a shot. So, I'm the defense doesn't matter. Colin, back up.
3: Oh, okay. So, can I move Fortes back to catcher now? Because that's what I was going to do without. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding um I guess I do need a catcher now that let's see well it'll be okay. there's plenty of options at catcher. I'm gonna just grab let's see who's the next best first baseman available. It might be the guy at first base right now um yeah let's do that Elko we're gonna put Elko at first base um I think Snyder was my next next guy and I, but I, I think I'm gonna take Elko over him because I think uh, Tim's a little better defensively. And, and maybe swings it just a little bit better.
2: Okay. Got it real quick. I am going to um, – actually okay getting in either one of those couple guys, so we're going to hold off there. Let's go ahead just to make sure one of you guys don't get really, really slick and uh, try to grab him as one of your extra players. We're going to go ahead and put Chris Coglin at third base. I, I,
3: okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I knew I could wait a minute, but I didn't need somebody to get real whatever. And all of a sudden, no offense <laughs> to him. I've got like Zach Miller at third base. Um, <laughs> I thought Coglin was gone. No, because no. he, he – I knew that y'all, you both had third baseman, so I didn't have to go to him immediately. But I, I, I thought somebody might try to get cagey right there. So we were going to – Going ahead and lock that up so it didn't get a little funny as we uh, as we kept going. Um, I'm mixed to the point I think I'm going to let you guys make that decision for me. We have three. I have three starters left overall. Well, a reliever, a starting pitcher, and, a, and, a, and an outfielder is what I have at this point. Um, and we're going to go with. We're going to put TJ Beam on the mound for a okay. midweek guy. So, on that round, we've got Chris Coglin and TJ Beam.
3: All right. I'm going to take – let's see. I still need a midweek guy, and I need a catcher. I'm going to take – Henry Lartigue as my catcher, okay. um, just because switch ended, switch hand or excuse me switch hitter. I know he only had the one good year, but but he it was hitter. a hell
2: of a year in sixteen.
3: It was really is a really really good year. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna do is take Lartigue. I know he's obviously <clears throat> not the best catcher that's come through Bianco's tenure, but I still think he's a really good player.
4: Brian, go ahead. You got two. I'm gonna put austin anderson in short okay yep you can do that and so i need a midweek guy and a reliever right it's five pitchers that uh yes that is correct four starters and a reliever okay i'll go will klein
2: don't hate that at all might have been the one guy and no 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 offense to him i think he was the one guy that i kind of did not sort of left off my list accidentally which I'm a little annoyed by right now. I completely forgot about him.
4: Well, he was kind of behind. If I remember correctly, you would know better than me. He was kind of the, the guy in the middle of the Lynn Pomerantz thing. And then the fact that he never really panned down the – didn't he have all kinds of shoulder issues? It felt like he just perpetually flew under the radar.
2: We had the hell of the year in, in, in 07. Um, that's when you – know, he, he, he was the guy in 06 that did the Governor's Cup or the Mayor's Trophy or whatever it was at the time. And blew up and was pretty good at the end of 06 and then was really, really damn good for most of 07. Um was great in Hoover. I mean, he he, he carried them through. And then he he was the tough luck guy in the Tempe super regional there in uh in, in in game one because that was a game that Mike spun the wheel and he didn't have a great option, but he uh they lost in the ninth inning to Arizona State there in that game one against a team that they were very under, under overmatched against. Uh Arizona State was the better ball club for sure.
3: Yeah, that, that's the thing about 07. They weren't going to win regardless.
2: No, they had no shot in game two and game three because they lit up Lance in game two, and game three would have been a disaster. <laughs> You're back up, Colin, and you were lacking uh, a reliever for your starters. Still need a
3: midweek guy, too. I better grab one. Uh, Mike Myers for, for midweek. Okay.
2: Mike Myers for the midweek, and then um, I have two starters left here. Um, and I guess what I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. But go ahead and fill those in in that uh, in that order. I have a uh, an outfielder and a reliever is what I have left, and then I also can grab the extras. I guess I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, we're gonna go ahead and grab. We're gonna grab Bernie Hutchinson in the outfield. I was really torn between him and one other guy, but we're gonna go with Hutchinson in the outfield. And then I'm gonna wait on reliever. Um, because I'll be honest, there's not anybody I'm dying to have here. So I'll kind of let it play out for a second. And as an ultimate utility man, I'm for one of my extras. I'm gonna grab Justin Henry.
3: Oh, Justin Henry, I like that. Didn't he play like literally
2: everywhere? Yeah, he. I want to say he started somewhere different all four years because you know one of the crazy facts with him is on that 05 team that was so good and so offensive. Justin's, I guess, freshman year he um he was a uh, he was the DH on that team. Jeez. So we'll go Justin Henry right there. Colin, and you are back up. You have obviously your two extra players, and then you have a reliever. All right. So let's see. Uh, best hitter
3: available is obviously what we're going with here. Um, man, it's uh, I guess I'm just gonna take Matt, Mike, uh, Matt Snyder, not Mike, um, and 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 let him let him swing it at the DH spot. I don't really, nope, nope, I'm gonna change. No,
2: yeah, we're gonna take Matt Snyder. Okay. Two picks, Brian, and you are uh, you have your two extra players and
4: a relief pitcher. And so the extra is also a DH, right? Once that is the, correct. Yeah, you you just it's just two offensive players, however you want to use them. Okay, got it. Um, man, this one's tough. Now we're getting kind of deep into it. Oh, reliever was I will go Taylor Broadway. Yeah. and then. For so what is that
2: i get you just get two offensive players whatever you want to do with them
4: okay and i get one of them here oh man this one's gonna be tough uh alex presley yep
3: yeah that's that's the one i was debating with over over schneider
4: i was having
2: a hard time with him or hutchinson for my last outfield spot Crazy, he played a while
3: in the bigs, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He was a pirate for a while. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He also was a rebelgrove.com contributor there for a little while.
4: (laughs) He, I didn't go to a ton of baseball games when I was like a real young kid, and he hit one of the few I went to. He hit a ball over the fence against Tennessee in right field, and – I think the kid ended up being fine, so I don't feel bad saying this, but doned a kid in the head to where it looked like a cartoon. It hit him in the head, and the kid just fell out immediately. It's like, is this guy alive? What's going on? Kid got the ball back, ice pack on the head. He was fine, but like it looked like a scene out of some sort of cartoon. Bounced directly off his head, and the kid was out instantly.
3: I hit he like a massive grand slam in the 05 regional to beat like Oklahoma or something, if I'm not mistaken. He was, he was really, really good.
2: He – I want to say he kind of Wally pipped a little bit, if I'm correct. One of the years um, they had – they had, like, an issue with him. Something happened, and then, you know, it gave Miles Franklin a bunch of the bats.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in 05, Franklin was a center fielder. I can't remember if that was the year or not.
2: You are back up, Colin, I guess. And then um, you've got your other extra player and a reliever. All right, Wyatt's
3: short. I'm going to I'm gonna get Wyatt to close the games out.
2: yeah. I was a little concerned you were going to do that. <laughs> um, gets a little funny from there. Uh, but it's okay. It's all it's all good. All right, for my other just uh, extra player because that doesn't really matter right now. Um, still sitting out there. I'm gonna as a is a bench guy. I'm gonna go get Jacob Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. That's where I was going next. And you are back up for your last pick. Did you pick two there? Oh, no, I get two. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah. gotta, I, I, I finished mine on out. Um, uh, Taylor Broadwell.
4: Oh, I got that one. He's my oh, – yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, We can trade. <laughs> it's okay.
2: Sorry. <laughs> right. I just didn't have it marked off. Um. Little random, but if you're just counting on one year, and I mean, like there's a couple guys here. I mean, obviously he yeah. had the saves record for a while, but he had a lot of guys on base. And I I I love Brett, but I'm to get a little nervous with that. Um I'm gonna stay away from Crazy too. Um Yes. I'm gonna go with Garrett White. Garrett White, okay. I was Garrett, wondering if you I was wondering if we here's you said the here's word- the thing. I have two closers on my team. I have Stephen Head and Scott Biddle.
3: Yeah. I can make I it work. I'll figure it out. So I was wondering when you said the one-year thing, if you were going to just take Wolfo, because his one-year was oh, – that's true. When, was really, really good. and the next I did one not I think about that. Might, the next one I thought you might do is Jake Morgan.
2: I thought about Morgan, um, and honestly, I'm, I'm I'm a little annoyed to myself or whatever, but I'm okay. It's all right. Like right. I've got enough flexibility here that we can move him around. I mean, Stephen had his yeah. clothes, and, and I, I can bring him a glove if I need to. We're going to be all right.
3: Let's see. So, I've got to pick one more extra player.
2: I mean, Justin Henry can play first base for an inning, right? We'll figure this yeah. out. Well,
3: okay. he actually – I'm pretty sure he did play first when, uh, when Head would, like, go close and stuff because I remember okay. him getting thrown out of a game in the Super Region 105 playing first. It was good okay, stuff. So, there we go. Um, crap, I have to pick a DH now. Uh, oof, I had enough trouble with Snyder. Dillard's on my mind. Um I'm That's missing good. somebody obvious. But I, I I'm just gonna have to go Dillard because I can't think of who I'm missing, I'm sure. I'm, I'm well Yeah, we'll go Dillard just because he switched switch hitter and could catch if I needed him to.
2: So that finishes out our no
4: Brian, one more extra. Well, this could take a while because I had Dillard and now I'm just completely scrambling. Um so <laughs> Oh man, okay.
2: We. Kyle will... Watson's available. I mean, go ahead. We... Who's available? Kyle Watson.
4: Yeah, he doesn't suck at anything. Um, man, I'm trying to think if there's someone in that like 13 to 15 range that I was missing that just had a decent offensive year that I can't think of right now.
3: Hmm. What's uh? What's he? Uh, let's see. The cat that played third base on the fourteen team was pretty. Good. Oh, you've already taken him. Never mind. I was thinking of Anderson. You've already got him at shortstop.
4: Yeah, and I needed some social media defense as well, so I <laughs> covers that. Oh,
2: I um, mean, I, I, I mean, my team's picked here, so I can help you out a little bit. I mean, you could go for a Colby Bortles. I was about yeah. to do
4: that exact same thing. I actually pulled up the sixteen stats as you said that. I mean, Colby Bortles. Um, David Phillips. I mean, if you're looking for just a pinch hitter as a utility guy, I mean, Holt Perdzok, I kid, kind of, but man, that dude could pinch <laughs> hit. Um, yeah, I'll go Colby Bortles to uh, close out. His brother was an NFL quarterback. That's what I heard one time. Speaking of uh,
3: overplayed things, Kramer Robertson got called up today. He did, did he really? Yeah, yeah. He
4: got, yeah.
3: I never saw that one coming, but he he did get called up today.
4: And then the I first called one him that was Kim Mulkey.
2: <laughs> I called Robertson when he was a high school kid trying to pick a school because Ole Miss was in his three finalists with LSU and Baylor. Okay.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, yeah. His mom was, well, now she's the coach
2: at LSU. Funny how things work. Uh, I mean, obviously everybody will know this, but the game, uh, that we all have on here, uh, four to one, Ole Miss still in control at this
4: moment as we finish this thing. Hell of a catch by oh. Bench there to close out the sixth.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good play. Almost they win this. The RPI goes up to like forty-eight, and wow, things get interesting going to LSU this weekend.
2: It goes inter. It's interesting. We can kind of do this for a second. It, it becomes interesting, but they still need four more wins. Yep, in league. I mean, you still have to win the series. You do. You do. I mean, it's one of those deals where you're you're you're, you're avoiding the execution, but you're still having to sidestep a bunch of stuff every day. There still is. There's literally no margin for error at this point. Yeah, I
3: think what this game might do is, like, give you a shot at 14 and 16, whereas if you lose it, I think you probably got to get to either 15 or have a really good Hoover run.
4: You mean 14 and 17?
3: Oh, yeah, because of State. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, uh, well, what do
4: you think this gives you – get this Chase, I mean, you would know this too, but, like, this gives you the potential opportunity to go in at 14 and 17 and – It'd be, I guess, kind of a coin flip whether you need to win one in Hoover if you have the Southern Miss win. Do you view it that way? If they get three regular season wins versus four, does this help their case enough? Is guess I guess no.
2: I, I honestly, I mean, it's just my opinion. I do not believe they can make the tournament at thirteen and seventeen without like a Saturday or Sunday run. Okay. I think I think thirteen is just not enough from an RPI standpoint. It's just not enough from a win standpoint. Frankly, they need the top 50 wins. Like, they need four more in this tonight. Yeah, yeah.
3: And I I think regardless, outside of a 5 and one run with this win tonight, I think they're going to have to win on Tuesday, which is a problem in and of itself because you're probably going to play somebody that's higher-seeded than you on Tuesday um, with a Delusia that's coming off four days rest. Um, So, yeah, I mean, their backs are against the wall for sure.
2: So recapping this a little bit for everybody. Now, I'll post them on the board um, tomorrow once we actually get it get it, get it, posted and whatnot. But uh, position by position, at, uh, at catcher, I've got Stuart Turner. Colin has Henry Lartigue, and Brian has Will Allen. At first base, Brian has Sykes Orvis. Colin has Tim Elko, and I've got Stephen Head. At second base, I've got Chad Sturbins, Colin has Alex Yarbrough. And Brian has Anthony Servidio. I really like that pick there at um, second. Shortstop, Austin Anderson for Brian. Um, Zach Kozart. obviously that makes sense for uh, for Colin. And then I went to Greg Kessinger. In the outfield, I've got Birdie Hutchinson, Seth Smith, and J.B. Woodman. Colin has got Fortez, Logan Power, and Austin Bousfield. And Brian has um, Will Golson, Brian Pettway, and, uh and Mark Wright. Sorry, I passed third base over back for Brian um, Coglin for myself. And uh, who do you have, calling at third base? Keenan. Keenan, yeah. Duh. Okay. Starting pitching, I think Brian has got us on pitching, or at least the starters. Brian throwing out there a rotation of Pomeranz, Lynn, and Ellis with Will Klein, yeah. his, his midweek guy. That doesn't suck. That's going to play all right, I think. Um, he has uh, Taylor Broadway closing. I have got uh, Bobby Wall on Friday. I've got Christian Trent on Saturday and Scott Biddle on Sunday. And then I'm throwing TJ Beam on the midweek. And then uh, Colin going with Casey Hoagland, uh, Holloman on his midweek. And then – no, sorry, Mike Myers on the midweek and then Mark Holloman on Sunday to uh, finish that up. You went with – Colin, you went with Dillard and Matt Snyder. Brian, you went with Alex Presley and Kobe Bortles. And I went with Justin Henry and Jacob Gonzalez. I guess – Who's the best player we didn't take? Is Ooh. it because of what he did from a total hit standpoint? Is it Jordan Henry in the outfield? Yeah, But you're talking about an elite center fielder, right? Um, I mean, you're talking about a guy stole- that had like 98 hits as a freshman. Wasn't he also a shortstop? And in- he was a shortstop and a in a in an all-state tennis player out of high school.
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let off for three years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's certainly got a case to be the. One of the best that we left didn't didn't select.
2: Yeah, I think he's the best person left off the list. I'm just kind of people I wrote down as it's maybe's. I, I think he's the top one uh, from a pitching staff standpoint. I, the, I guess we only left off. We left off a couple aces. We talked about Brady Bramlett. We yeah. left we left off uh, Pete Montreens, the ace on Mike's first club yeah. first first year um couple other guys and then the uh the only notable saturday or the two notable saturday guys that at least probably could have gotten in contention Philip Irwin and uh Matt Maloney. Yeah. yeah, Maloney Etheridge. was one. And Etheridge. That's a good yeah. point, and Etheridge.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um no, it's there's a there's there was a lot of good players over 21 years. That is a that's a fact. They uh there there was you could make three stacked lineups of uh, a of really good players.
4: Cooper Johnson was the other one I had written down that wasn't picked. I don't know how what how close that gets to qualifying just because of the bat, but he's a pretty good catcher.
1: Hoops, he was, go. He, go ahead,
2: I'm sorry. I mean, from a straight catcher standpoint, I mean, just leaving off guys who really played a lot behind the plate, Cooper, obviously Dunhurst, um, Barry Gunther was a very, very good, very good catcher. Um, and then, I mean, from a defensive standpoint, prior to that run where they got so elite – but just, you know, I, I mean, Brett Basham was all SEC defense for yeah. a year. I mean, he really could receive and throw. Yeah, yeah.
3: He was really, really good defensively. I, I'm kicking myself for the second baseman thing because I forgot video. My next second baseman was Cooper Osteen. Um,
2: and, I, and I think that's about right. I mean, unless you just want to try to hit some bombs with Overby, that's kind of where you had to go probably next with Osteen. it has got somebody left off. Uh, at shortstop, the two that could have gotten consideration, Errol Robinson and Matt Tolbert. I think, yeah. probably. Um, and then we we cleaned out outfielders other than Henry. There's just not much left out there. No,
3: no. Mark Wright, Alex Presley, everybody's pretty much gone out there.
2: Um, Brett Huber, because of his record, a, a reliever. And then if you want to take a guy off that 14 team. Like, I, I got really close to thinking about Aaron Greenwood for my reliever. Yeah. He was really, really solid. In Jake 14. Morgan, though, is the one left off who's the biggest omission. No one interested yeah. in Satterwhite? Uh, no, because he had a record number of wins, which I do not want to my reliever. That was the thing, wasn't it? Like his his, his teammates called him the vulture.
4: (laughs) That's like that fullback. Uh, the there's that I forget forget the fantasy guy, I think it's Tolbert, the full Tolbert, the fullback, played a lot of the, the vulture.
3: Yeah, he would like blow the save and then they'd leave him in and he'd win the game or something.
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he had like seven, eight, nine wins or something as a freshman, as a reliever. Um, because, I mean, he was – that was the deal in that 07 season was – and we'll, we'll stop after this. I know I'm just – I could ramble on for days. Um, in Tempe, because Mike had to decide, do you trust Will on Fumes to go out and get a ninth inning against that stacked lineup? Or your other two options were Biddle, who would had a really bad – had a really weird year. Actually, his ERA was great, but he had a really weird year. Or Cody Siderwright. Those were your three options for the ninth inning of Game One in Tempe, and he chose to stick with it and see how it turned out. And it didn't, uh, it didn't work out, um, obviously, in that game. But that was that was an Arizona State team that was, I mean, they, it was, that was Brett Wallace and Mike Leake, and I mean, that, that they were loaded. When there's um, some like recruiting deal on that team too. Uh, Kyle Rolling, it was the kid yeah. that was like committed to Ole Miss and Arizona State tampered with him or whatever. Yeah, because, because that was the ball. Well, yeah, that thing got weird because, I mean, speaking of major league players, it was Eric Sogard who was in the middle of it. And I don't know – like, something happened. I I forget how it started. Like, we've told this on the podcast because I've had players from that team tell it from their perspective. But Sogard ended up in the middle of this little skirmish, and he was surrounded – there was no other Arizona State player next to him. And he was next to Alex Kleeman, Fuller Smith (laughs) – and, like, somebody else, it was like, okay, this is not going to go well. Like, he's in a spot where that that's not the group I'd want to be in the middle of. And then at some point, uh, Mike and Pat Murphy got into it. They were really, really, really jawing. You could hear a little bit of it. I know at one point Mike told uh, – said, said something to Pat that involved something about his fat ass and across the field. Um, yeah. But I don't yeah. remember the exact quote there. And then uh, we had Kyle Bunn running around, too. I mean, it was a scene there for a minute.
3: Yeah.
2: Wow, that was a that
3: was an Ole Miss team that could fight, especially when you consider like Kyle <laughs> Bunn. Yeah, yeah, that
2: Lord. was <laughs> was Mark right on that team. Uh he was already gone, I think. Uh, okay. uh yeah, 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 yeah. I th- th- think he was already gone. Yeah, you know, look, it's we we been talking about with this team because they're such so, nice guys, you know, we've had the podcast topic of there's not enough assholes on this 2022 team. That, that that was not a problem on the 07 team. They had it covered. No, yeah, that was a that was a group that was uh that was more than all right from that uh from that standpoint. I was looking at it now, just I'm curious. I was pulling it up. Yeah, their stats in '07. The Henry brothers, Cozart, Andrew Clark, Logan Overback. Oh, I forgot him. Actually, I Actually, kind of did too. Button, Ketchum, uh, Fuller, Basham, Cleeman. Uh, Kyle Mills was on that team. Tupelo. Didn't uh, Clark just randomly leave during the middle of the year once? Uh yeah, he ends he went to Louisville. He followed Dan. He uh That's he right. he he and Dan Black um were two um Dan recruits who left once Dan left. Dan oh. Black ended up going to Purdue. Okay. That I think makes they might sense. have been both from Indiana if I, if I recall that correctly. Uh yeah, Andrew Clark hit a ball in the upper deck of the Metrodome over the baggie. It was pretty oh, impressive in 07. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. He it was it was a it was a and it was freezing because you had to have a certain number of attendance to turn the heaters on at the Metrodome. <laughs> so we were, like, bundled up in, like, coats and scarves, and it was, like, 20 inches of snow on the ground, and we're just freezing inside there at the Metrodome that, that day.
3: I remember, like, listening to maybe Kellum or whoever. they, If I'm not mistaken, didn't they play, like, some stupid non-conference game against Arkansas somehow that, that trip?
2: Yeah, because the Citadel was supposed to be the fourth team, and they got snowed in. They couldn't get out of out of the Carolinas and get to <laughs> Minneapolis. So, what they did was they told Ole Miss and Arkansas to play on Friday night, and then uh, Minnesota played Ole Miss on a doubleheader on Saturday, and then Minnesota played Arkansas on a doubleheader on Sunday. So, everybody got their okay. three games and, and, and whatnot. But it was really weird because you would see – like there was like two or 300 Minnesota fans that went to the Friday game just to watch – and you've got these Arkansas and Ole Miss fans that, I mean, they're treating it like the final game of the College World Series. Cause even at that point, Ole Miss and Arkansas hated one another. And I mean, it's chippy and it's weird. And we're like, I mean, it was a really surreal scene looking back. Cause I'm like, we're in the damn metrodome. Like, what do like, any of us like? What are we doing? And it was, it was fiery. I think Ole Miss wins the game five four or something like that. And it got, it got, it got chippy as hell. The, uh, the next morning, Minnesota beat Ole Miss and Mike sat half his starting lineup for game two. He was so pissed off to the point that he yelled at me after the game. And I'm like, I'm just here. I don't know why you're yelling at me. And he apologized after game three, but he was, he was quite annoyed. Um, and it's what – it ended up working out because it's the reason Zach Miller got into the game because he had sat the other guys. He had a really good game, and then Miller took over and ended up becoming
4: a he – he ended up being a freshman All-American that year. That was your first mistake, being the only guy to show up on the road. That's just – right.: <laughs> might as well put punching bag on your forehead. Well, it's in Minneapolis.
2: I mean, you would think there'd be like an A for effort. That's a long way. No, no, <laughs> if
4: they if things go the wrong way. Probably. Brian went to Louisville and got yelled at. I did, I went a long way to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, yeah, you were there that day, uh, covering it for uh, for I forget who, but it was just us two, and then he'd answer your question just perfectly fine, and then I'd ask one, and it was like, Oh, it's on
2: <laughs> ding ding. So Oh Lord! All right, uh, let's. I guess last things. So I've got you guys. What's the Colin? What's the prediction this weekend? What are they going to do in Baton Rouge?
1: Uh
3: one. I'm going one. I I I want to believe in this team. I really do. But it, it, they're going to have to do more than just beat Missouri and maybe Southern in a midweek game before I before I can uh, predict them to win two in Baton Rouge. One and two, Brian.
4: Yeah, I think so. But I've been wrong for like six straight weeks. Um. <laughs> Well, actually, that's not true. I predicted a couple of the back ends. I'll say two. I'll just be the – I'll Zach. Wow. I'll say they get two because of Hunter Elliott. How about that? They win the Delusia game. Offense looks a little better. Hunter Elliott goes to the sixth for the third time. Probably don't win on Sunday. I've asked if me they if I...
2: don't get into the tournament, Mike is going to kick himself over and over and over again yep. for not fixing that rotation in time to play Alabama with Delusia, Elliott, and
4: Diamond. Well, he had time. Ooh. The guy gave him six innings the week before, and he was like, nah, splits don't work out like Delusia so probably should have started that game against Alabama or one of them. Y-
3: yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember. I don't think I watched that game. I think we were playing that night. Didn't he start Elliott and he got kind of like bombed or something? That That's probably not great. For, no, he didn't get sure.
2: bombed. He gave up a run and got out of the first with a pretty mature inning. And then he gives up two in the third because that's when McCants messed up the pop-up. Okay. Okay. And Elliot had like a really hard luck moment there where he should have been out of the inning and Mike pulled him. And that's like after the game, Mike was kind of critical on him. And I was like, what in the world? Because I like, it wasn't really his fault. But looking back, what Mike was trying to challenge him. He's he's expecting a ton out of Elliot and he was trying to get him to take the next step.
4: And I was about to say, it's weird to say back then, but remember the early part of that? He had a really short leash with Elliot. It didn't seem like he trusted him at all.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, after like three, four innings, any trouble and that was it. And it was it, it, it was out at that point. So anyway, we'll see a uh, late game for people on Friday. Ole Miss and OSU not starting until 730 on Friday evening for uh, for that one. And then normal times for your uh, Saturday and Sunday game and then obviously a uh, and to close the regular season next week after a midweek game in Jonesboro, Arkansas that Ole Miss frankly needs to be rained out at this point against the 227 or 237 Red Wolves there in a uh, in a midweek game. So I uh, hope you hope you enjoyed. People that hung in with this, just trying to uh, go down memory lane a little bit, get a, uh, a podcast that was not crazy time sensitive as Ole Miss here in front of us right now, trying to hold off Southern Miss. So for Colin, for Brian, hope you uh, had a good time and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.